0: Hi, my name is Kevin Vozar, vacation property professional, travel enthusiast, financial planner and investment advisor, dog and cat lover, and now the host of the CFY podcast, brought to you by Cabins For You, a vacation rental management company born in the heart of the Smokies in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. With over 20 years of experience in the vacation industry, CFY's podcast will cover all aspects of travel and vacation rentals for both travelers and vacation property owners, If you've got itchy feet, are planning a vacation, want to jump into the vacation rental business, or just want to learn more about the travel industry, stick around. It's about to get good. Hello, everybody. Kevin Vozar here, your host of the CFY podcast, Cabins for You, the property manager where you can stay, play, and profit. You know, over the past several podcasts, um, I've made it a point to let you know that in addition to working with cabins for you and and, and in a business development uh, along with a senior management capacity, uh, in my past I was a investment advisor and securities guy and investment guy and, and, and run some very large and successful investment security houses in America. So I know more than most about investments the you know the time value of money risk and return uh, and all the the variables that that kind of go along with that and i've worked with many thousands of other advisors and hundreds of retail clients in managing assets and and sharing you know my words of wisdom and it translates really nicely with today's podcast because today i'm going to talk about something that Kind of dovetails on a previous episode about, you know, are, are, is owning a vacation rental property here in the Smokies profitable? And it got me thinking, and I was speaking with several uh, investors, I was been speaking with several other management companies, along with real estate agents, and there seems to be a vast dichotomy over how to determine what your actual rate of return is when you purchase a vacation rental property. Now I take, I look at things very pragmatically. I look at them very practically and I try to break things down to their lowest common denominator. And I always revert back to my past in investments. And to me, it's a pretty simple equation and it does translate well in the real estate. And I don't know why real estate agents, um, brokers and investors make it so darn difficult. I mean, I got to tell you, let me, let me digress for a second. I went online the other day and just did a Google search over real estate investment cap rate calculators. And I came across dozens, if not hundreds of websites from real estate offices and investment companies and property managers. And they were all over the board. Some of them were just so darned uh, complicated. And and I'm thinking to myself, it doesn't have to be this complicated. It's actually pretty easy if you think about it. So with that in mind, I started thinking about what's the easiest way to explain to a vacation rental property owner what kind of rate of return they will get based on their net operating income NOI you've probably seen that abbreviation in places uh versus their acquisition cost how much money did they actually pay for the asset so let me use this as an example and you know uh you know <laughs> come along with me if you will get yourself a pad of paper and a pencil and and just do this simple exercise if you invest million in a traditional investment. You've got a million dollars sitting in, you know, Acme Bank and Trust. And you meet an investment advisor, some type of an investment person. You go to them and they say, hey, invest your money with me and my firm. And you will tell them, you know, what your risk tolerance is. You know, I'm a conservative investor. I'm a intermediate or moderate investor, or I'm an aggressive investor, or I only like, you know, socially conscious investments, or I want to only be in, you know, stocks and bonds, and I don't want to be in derivatives or commodities or options or futures or currency or anything like that. Any of the other thousands of investments that, that you could go into. Let's just keep it simple. You give your investment guy this million dollars. And they invest it for you through their, through their firm. And, uh, and at the end of every quarter, you get a statement from them. And let's, let's keep this simple. Let's say that the investment guy charges you 2% to manage their portfolio. Now Let's take any turnover fees and, and any other crazy fees that the brokerage house or the, uh, or the advisor might have. Let's just say it's 2% all in. Okay, so every quarter you get a statement showing what that quarterly earnings are, what they are, uh, and then you get charged, you know, one fourth of their fee. Okay, so that at the end of the year you have basically you started the year at X dollars at a million dollars. And at the end of the first year, you now have, you know, a million dollars plus or Unfortunately, sometimes minus. And so when you figure out your rate of return based on quarterly uh, returns and compound interest and and other variables, so let's just take that into consideration. But let's say that at the end of the year, you've made, you've grossed 10%. So now you've got $1,100,000 in your investment portfolio. And uh, your guy takes, you know, they're, you know, they're two percent, and it's two percent not just of the initial amount. No, 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 it's two percent of the account value, you know, quarter, you know, every quarter divided by four, uh, based on the account value. But let's just keep it simple. Let's say it's two percent. So if you want to make it even simpler, let's say you didn't make any money. They charge you two percent, two percent of a million is twenty thousand dollars. Boom. So you made ten, you paid two, you net eight. You net 8% before taxes. Okay, you're following me so far. If you put in your investment with your investment person and they gross you 10 and they charge you 2% fee, you net 8% before taxes. Simple, easy. You had a million dollars, it invested, they charged you, boom, simple. The concept is very much similar to the short-term vacation investment properties, But instead of having that million dollars that you're giving to somebody, you're taking that million dollars and you're buying a million dollar asset, okay? You're buying the asset, not your investment guy, but you are. So you're buying that million dollar cabin. Now you take that million dollar cabin, which is your starting basis, okay? Your investment basis, that's what you paid for that asset. And at the end of the year, uh, you know, you've got a, a return on your investment. Now, of course, just like the investment guide charges 2%, you're going to have operating expenses to manage your property. You're going to have potentially a vacation rental property management company charge you a fee or commission to manage your property. You're going to have... Uh, utilities, you're going to have an electric bill, you're going to have cable and, and internet, you might have an HOA fee, you might have repairs, you might have landscaping, you might have gas or propane, telephone. These are all, and and repairs and, and updates and things like that. These are all operating expenses. Again, this is a business, okay, it's an investment, okay, it's a hybrid business investment, but it's still, uh, you're able to You know, take out, you've got to put out of pocket these expenses, these operating expenses. And so at the end of the year, you have your gross rental income or your like in the investment account, you got your interest that you've earned based on the portfolio that you're invested in. And same thing with the vacation rental property. So you've got your income that it generates minus your fees, just like the investment guy had his 2% fees. You've got your fees, your net, your your operating expenses. And that leaves you with your net operating income. Just like your net uh, interest, your net income from your investment account, which is the 10% minus the two that they kept for their fees, you got eight. Same thing with it with a vacation rental property. You started with a million dollar asset. you put a million dollars into play, and then you uh, you've got your income that that generates minus your operating expenses leaves you a net before taxes. Simple, easy, peasy. okay? Let's put this into real life numbers. Let's say you've got a million dollar cabin. Asset, house, whatever you've put your million dollars in. And it generates a gross rental income of $100,000. From that $100,000, which is basically 10% of your million dollar investment, that's your gross. From that from that $100,000, let's say you're paying your property manager 20%. So that's 20% off the 100. That's now you're at 80%. And let's say between utilities and HOA repairs and things like that, let's say that's another 10,000. Now you're at 70 net before taxes, 70,000 net against your million dollar purchase is a 7% return on investment or a simplified way of looking at your, in, in the real estate parlance, a cap rate. Okay. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you call it. You made, you netted 7% on your million dollar investment before taxes. Now, unlike your investment portfolio where you had a million dollars, you paid your person 2% and you netted eight, you know, or seven or whatever you netted. um, Sometimes their fees, you know, depending on your CPA and your status and things like that, their fees may or may not be deductible. Generally, they are. Um, But with a vacation rental property, all of those expenses that I previously mentioned are generally deductible from your federal and state income taxes. So there are some benefits, some additional benefits that will help bump your rate of return up just a tad because you're able to deduct that. So your actual after tax return is going to be a tad higher than that seven, seven and a half, eight percent. Now. The reason why I'm bringing this up and how I, why I'm simplifying it is because a great many real estate agents and some of these uh, calculators that are online factor in, you know, the borrowing of money to buy the asset. Now, first and foremost, let's keep this simple. If you could borrow money from the bank at two and a half or 3% to fund your ira all right and that your ira could make eight or nine percent you would do it all day long you know because you got a positive arbitrage even after paying the interest you know uh of two and a half three percent and you're making eight or nine percent you got a wonderful you know seven you know six and a half to eight percent positive arbitrage on your money so why wouldn't you do that so you know borrowing money to purchase an investment Unless you're, you know, and I don't suggest you do this borrowing, you know, opening up a margin account with, you know, Merrill or one of the large brokerage shops, you know, you're, you know, you're able to borrow money to purchase an investment. It's pretty rare. That's rare air in, uh, in today's environment but um but so a lot of these calculators and a lot of these you know real you know real estate agents say well if you put 20% down and they've got all these these formulations to determine what your rate of return is. And and I argue with that to say, no, debt service should net is not an operating expense. Okay. You're given the privilege of borrowing at low rates money for an investment that's going to generate you much higher returns okay you unless you've got a million dollars you know sitting in you know uh you know acme bank and trust and you want to take that money out and buy an investment well you know knock yourself out what's the difference between putting a million dollars in you know of cash into a vacation rental property or borrowing it Okay. The only difference with borrowing it is that the money that's sitting in your investment account is still earning that seven, eight, nine percent rate of return. So, you know, why would you give up seven, eight, nine percent money for three percent money? It doesn't make sense to do that. And I'm all about OPM, other people's money. But when you're figuring out your return, debt service is debt service. It is not operating expenses okay so let's let's really keep it simple what debt service along with operating expenses do is that formulates your cash flow okay cash flow is significantly different than your rate of return on the asset itself okay now if you're worried about cash flowing your investment, you know, and your mortgage that you want it to generate enough to pay not just your operating expenses of the management commission and the utilities and the HOA and the phone and the internet and the TV and the gas and the landscaping and the liability insurance and the other things that go towards operating expenses. Plus you want it to generate enough not to just cover that, but to also cover your debt service then obviously, your cap rate is going to be significantly lower. Okay. Um, and it's tough today, frankly, especially with these crazy high acquisition costs. I mean, vacation rental properties around the country, the acquisition costs have gotten just exorbitantly high. But yet, the incomes that they generate though are going up, aren't going up at the same rate or same percentage as the actual cost of the asset. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a bond. Okay. You buy a bond, bond prices go up and down, but the yield stays the same, right? So I'm not saying that the yield on your, on your vacation rental property is going to stay the same. It's going to go up, and most of the time it could go down depending on economic conditions around the country and, and other variables that I'd be happy to talk with you about. But for the most part, they do go up, but they don't go up at the same rate that the cost of the acquisition goes up. So the, the chance of covering your debt service along with your operating expenses and still generating a profit are you know, relatively narrow. It's not saying it can't happen. And you say, well, Kevin, what if I put down 50% down and my mortgage payment is is, is half of what it would normally be, so my debt service is less, so I can cover my debt service. Great. But on a million-dollar asset, you just took half a million dollars out of play. That's been sitting at, you know, TD, Schwab, Fidelity, wherever, Bank of America. It doesn't matter where, you know, who." you know, who your investment house is, but you've just taken it out of play and that's lost opportunity because not only is that out of play, but it's no longer liquid for you to move that money to try to maximize other opportunities. Cause once that money is in your vacation rental property, it's in your vacation rental property. People say, well, I can, I can put that money in and then I can go ahead and do a cash out refi. Sure you can. I mean, there's lots of different ways to, you know, to skin that cat. But at the end of the day, all of those financial movements and gyrations are moot when you're thinking about what your actual rate of return is. Okay, either you're putting your money into it, whether it's a cash buy or a substantial down payment, which is taking that money out of play and losing flexibility. Or you're going to a bank and borrowing money and leaving that other money, you know, to sit, you know, in in a brokerage account, you know, hopefully making you a reasonable rate of return. But at the end of all of this, the simple formula of figuring out if I have a what my actual rate of return is on an investment, you take your operating income, your gross operating rental income subtract your operating expenses that gives you your net operating income or your noi divide that by your price of the actual acquisition not the down payment amount but what you actually purchased that asset at and that will give you your your rate of return it's really that simple um don't be You know, unless you're concerned about cash flow, you know, then you can go to these calculators and put in, well, if I put in 20%, if I put in 25%, oh, if I get a bank to buy three percent paper instead of three and a quarter percent paper, uh, oh, if I do this, if I do that, I mean you can drive yourself crazy doing that if you're that worried about the cash flow to cover the cost of the mortgage. Okay, but just remember the money that's sitting you know, if you get a mortgage, you know, with as little down as possible, all that extra money sitting in your investment account, earning hopefully a reasonable rate of return. See how I'm, how I'm looking at this. I'm looking at it from an investment standpoint and not necessarily as a real estate standpoint. There's nothing wrong with looking at it that way. But if you look at it from simply dollars, dollars and cost and percentages, the way I do it, will give you a much clearer picture about the return of your investment into a short-term vacation rental property. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions, please feel free to drop me an email. It's simple, kvozar at cabins4u.com, all spelled out. And if you like what you heard today, uh, please, on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, please hit subscribe, follow, uh, let us know. Send me an email that uh, what you think of our content. Uh, if you have something that you would like to add or you have a topic that you would like uh, to be discussed, please let us know what that is. We appreciate you. And again, uh, Cabins for You is the sponsor of this podcast, the CFY podcast and Cabins for You cabins for you where you can stay play and profit thanks again have a great day and hope to talk to you soon hey folks thank you so much for listening today if you enjoyed this episode consider subscribing or sharing with a friend and tune in next time for the latest episode of the cfy podcast until then feel free to visit our website cabins where you can plan your next vacation you can book 24/7 and learn more about our vacation rental management program. Till next time, see ya and have a safe trip.